Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Welcome to Ashley Talks Podcast number 18. Today we talk with Ankit Prasad, who is literally a genius. At the age of six, he created his first program. And by the age of 16, he made his first technology startup profitable. Uh, right now, Ankit has been named 30 under 30 by Forbes in Asia, class of 2018. And he is running his big company and startup, uh, which is called Bubble Keyboards. Ankit, welcome. And Prasad, welcome on the show. Thank you so much, Ashley, for inviting me to your amazing podcast. I have heard a couple of them already and really inspired uh, to hear people um, right from the uh, their horse's mouth in Yay. your podcast. Absolutely. And I'm so, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, Prasad, tell me your story. I mean, seriously, at six years old, you programmed your first thing. How come? Well, that was just an opportunity uh, I grabbed. Uh, so I was fortunate to got access to um, computers uh, while I was... Uh, still in my um, very early uh, schools. So uh, it was a small town and not many people had access to computer at that time. Uh, my father was curious about this new thing. It was 1990s. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so he, he brought one for the family. And I, I was fortunate to got exposed to computers at the beginning and, and I was trying uh, lots of things uh on that on that uh, on that new technology uh new hardware uh so district collector uh, which happens to be one of the largest administrative uh, bodies one of the most powerful ones uh in 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 that district uh within my state uh happens to notice uh, my skill as as a computer on on computer and uh, I got appreciated. I had a public demonstration of uh, some of these skills, uh, which uh, earned me a few certificates and few recognitions. It's a fantastic PR. Can you imagine this? This literally like a child <laughs> prodigy, right? Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. I've got a question here. So do you think um, this you know, this, this ingenuity when it comes to technology, is it learned or is it inborn? This curiosity or this skill or that talent? Uh, I think uh, neither of those. Uh, I think it just gets developed with time uh, when we are exposed to technology and then we, when we have, when, when we develop interest towards it. The environment that was created at that time uh, for me personally, uh, pushed me, motivated me, inspired me to take that direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and so I, I don't think it was an inborn skill. Neither do I think that it was uh, out of pressure or out of somebody else's uh, choice. It was my own personal choice. Given the environment, I, I made that choice and I stand by it. And you thrived at it. That's fantastic. And um, then you basically went on building a company at 16. Um, are you coming from an, an entrepreneurial background? Is your family in business or how does that happen to a, you know, to a teenager? No, actually, actually, my family is a very a modest, uh, noble family, I would say, in a, in a <laughs> tier two city in India. Uh, my father is a professor and my mother is a housewife. Mm -hmm. uh, so during my uh, schooling, uh, uh, we uh, the family was going through some financial uh, crisis and I took uh, this as a challenge for myself to be able to support the family. And therefore, I learned a few skills, not really learned, but that was anyway my passion to to do web development, web design, coding, etc. So I chose to convert that passion into profession uh, uh, and, and, and not just to keep it as a hobby. So uh, eventually, I, I, it just happened that I ended up uh, starting a company and taking projects uh, and delivering them right uh, from my house. 
So uh-huh. I, I used to, I used to, I, I was anyway passionate about coding and web designing and development. And that was the era when, when the web development was at its peak in India. Yeah. And therefore getting clients was really easy. And uh, I was anyway good at coding. So I was able to deliver uh, the uh, quality and quantity and was happy managing the financial uh, situation of the family until I went into college where I got a lot more exposure towards various new ideas and the application of this technology into various domains. I got involved with multiple startups at that time, uh, which which made me curious um, to towards building uh, towards building an impactful product and and changing the life of uh, uh, a normal user so this is how i ended up from uh, a service based company uh, which was to to get projects and uh, deliver yeah. uh, uh, to uh, thinking of ideas which can create larger impact to general users that's so beautiful and uh, how did your parents react were they were they skeptical were they mortified were they excited for you when you were basically i know that you later on i think you quit school have you quit have you quit school or yes i dropped out of my college and it was uh, fourth year my parents <laughs> have always been very supportive and very confident on my uh, ventures so whenever i ventured into something new uh they had a uh, lot of confidence on me that that i will not uh, have, uh fail them or i will not fail the venture so they have been always very supportive of every decision that i took for myself and for uh, for uh, people who are closely related to me That's- so so yeah. so so hmm. important and what about some internal pressure i mean when imagine this you're like 15 or 16 years old and suddenly you place that financial burden or that financial responsibility yeah for the whole family on your sh- shoulders uh, not entirely you but but partially yeah were you stressed or not were you having fun not at all because because i was doing things which i was anyway uh, doing as a hobby right so i just started making money out of that hobby that passion uh, earlier it was all uh, you know just as a hobby now now it became a profession absolutely and how have uh, i mean was it a smooth journey because i know at 16 your startup became profitable and then it just sounds like it was all the smooth sailing were there some difficult times you know the times of crisis the times when you were thinking oh my goodness i'm never going to make it business is tough i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> of course so uh, this sinusoidal wave uh, comes in every startup every startup has to go through the valley of death and uh, uh, very few are there who are able to survive that valley of death and come over it uh, there has been multiple such instances wherein uh, things became very difficult uh, almost at the verge of closure uh, yeah. but uh, but i think during those times it's very important for us to have patience and stick to the fundamentals stick to the first principles uh, of uh, running a startup so uh, and this these are the times when when you actually also test the relationships that you have made over the period of time how they are helping you out how they are supporting you uh, the relationships like co-founders uh family uh, uh your your core team uh your business partners etc so i think this is also a test of the uh, strength of relationships you have made uh during the entire time that uh, those are still helping you out during the tough times absolutely so it, it becomes easier to uh, to uh, overcome those situations and what was your darkest moment when you were like okay that's it this is the darkest and from there onwards you started flying up okay <laughs> yes so so before bobble keyboard i 
uh, had a product called Touch Talent, which was a social network for creative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started it uh, during the web times. It was a web company. Uh, uh, it was started in November 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continued running it uh, till 2014 end. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of 2014, we realized that web is becoming stagnant as mobile is growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. We were not making any revenue at that time because it was a consumer internet company and the thesis was that first we should be able to build scale and engagement and retention before actually going for monetization. Yeah. So we, we were not making any revenue. Uh, we had raised uh, some funds from uh, angels and VCs and therefore we had a runway of another six months. Mm-hmm. Now we had to make a choice, either to continue on the same path or to choose a path which looked more uh, promising to us in the long term. Mm-hmm. Although it was a very risky uh, move that we just had six months of burn left, but we made a hard pivot to our mm-hmm. business. The entire mm-hmm. product got changed we didn't only just create the new product, we took it out in the market, we um, uh, we got very good traction in just three months, we were able to hit a million users on the new product, which is Bobble now. Wow. And, uh, and we were able to, we were also able to raise our Series A within six months of the product launch. So this was the time when we realized that uh, if you have a strong belief in 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 something and you should not hesitate to go for it even if the circumstances apparently looks difficult because because if you really believe in it and if you're passionate about it i think you'll make it because the higher probability is that you'll make it instead of doing things where you are less uh, passionate less uh, belief I think there the chances of making it would be lesser, uh, even if the circumstances are favorable. So it all comes from within. Uh, the, the majority of the, uh, I would say, um, the majority reason for success of an initiative uh, comes from the within from, and not yeah. from the outside. Yes, absolutely. So your determination, the mindset, and also choosing the right, you know, betting on the right direction and then having the right product, right? Just, just, just inventing and just sticking with it. If you, if you chose the right course, they say, keep going, right? Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, right. for you, tell me about the bubble keyboard. A lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of, uh, people here in Asia, a lot of our listeners might not be aware of what exactly is the bubble keyboard. Sure. So Bobble Keyboard is a third-party Android and iOS keyboard application, which looks more or less like a normal keyboard, but with uh, multiple added convenience and uh, USPs. Our mission is to make life of our users uh, much more convenient when they are using their devices, their smartphones. So what does we it have, mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we have features ranging from, uh, say, content inside keyboard to voice to text to uh, uh, swipe typing, gesture-based uh, uh, features inside the keyboard, uh, dynamic emojis. So we are able to predict uh, not just the next word, but the next emoji as well that you you need in your conversation. You're making your conversation much more expressive and personal. Uh, We realize that keyboard is that one thing which remains consistent in your uh, phone across your app usage. So whether you are on WhatsApp or WeChat or Facebook or Instagram, Snapchat, keyboard is always there. So if we have a so if we have, if we can create a consistent experience, and if we can provide expressive features uh, inside the keyboard, then users would be able to make their conversation in whichever platform they are more expressive and personal. So we came up with this mission of creating a consistent and expressive and personal experience. 
across the apps uh, while you're using a smartphone, using the keyboard. That's absolutely beautiful. Um, and when one Googles Bobble keyboard, and if you go to Google Images, you will see all the fantastic emojis, uh, dancing, jumping, getting married, celebrating, being <laughs> a Spider-Man, etc. Um, so this looks like an emoji extension. It's almost like, you know, like what WeChat launched uh, within their app or with all those, uh, you know, uh, GIFs, etc. Um, so what is the most convenient feature of Bobble keyboards that or most used feature? Are these the emojis or is it the swipe function or is it any special <coughs> features that only you have? Okay, yes. The most convenient and the most widely used feature is the dynamic emojis. Mm -hmm. So 90% of our users use emojis in 70% of their messages. Wow. So you can imagine the extent of emoji usage and the demand and need of the user, right? Unfortunately, none other keyboard has emojis upfront. You have to go to a different emoji yeah. layout to to search and pick up the right emoji that you need in the moment. But in Bobble Keyboard, you have access to emojis upfront. So we have an entire row dedicated to emojis, just like it is for uh, ABCD. Uh, there's an entire row dedicated to emoji, which is a dynamic row. So when you say happy birthday, that row changes itself and recommends you to insert cakes and balloons in your message and when you say I love you, it recommends you to insert hearts and kisses and uh, um, uh, smileys in your uh, message. Right? So it it is one of the most widely used feature and one of the most uh, convenient and value added feature for Prasad. This is a killer. I'm totally, I mean, I'm just looking for my phone and I'm totally installing it because I am one of those users that uses emojis in 70% of my texts. And uh, that came to me after being in China because China is extremely, uh, let's say, emoji driven and uh, emoticons driven. Um, and every, people, people reply your message literally with just some, some, uh, you know, cultural references, with some waves, with certain, you know, with certain, uh, funny dance, and you need to guess and you need to react also with an emoji. So, uh, I brought it from China and I'm still using it right now. I absolutely love it. Um, where are you distributed right now? Is it only across India or do you have users in other countries? 90% of our uh, users come from India, uh, but we are uh, we have seen signals of growth coming from Southeast Asian countries like Indonesia, Philippines, Malaysia, etc., Singapore, uh, and also from Middle Eastern countries like Ooh. UAE. So. Uh, it is the, uh, by the virtue of, you know, our team being present in India, we were able to grow it very fast in India. Uh, but uh, we are getting signals from other countries. And very soon, we are launching Bobble Keyboard officially in other countries with the local content support, with the local language support. Oh, this is going to be so good. You can download Bobble uh, in all these countries across the world. But you might not find, you know, for example, Chinese language or, for example, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, Hebrew language yeah. or any other uh, specific language inside Bahasa the keyboard. Indonesian, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We have already launched Bahasa Indonesia. Oh, you, you have? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, because we were getting good signals from Indonesia um, and our users were demanding uh, this language, this particular language a lot from Indonesia and therefore we, we were bound to launch it. Similarly, uh, we have also launched Arabic because we were getting a lot of requests for Arabic language from Middle East. Uh, so as and when uh, the users from a particular geography grows, we start giving support to them and uh, let it grow organically uh, viral uh, inside that geography. That's awesome. And what is the business model behind? Is it a paid paid keyboard or how do you make money? It's absolutely free, of course, for the user. Uh, we do not believe in charging the user. Mm -hmm. um, 
So on one side, we are adding um, convenience, expressions, and personalization uh, in your smartphone experience. Mm -hmm. On the other side, uh, since it's a keyboard application, we are generating um, a good amount of intelligence. And this intelligence is not at the personal level, but at the collective level. So we can pinpoint that, you know, in India, which uh, which music app is the most popular app or which uh, which which memes are uh, the most trending memes or which news article is getting more popular, uh, getting more read. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, uh, uh, you know, which uh, which app has the most time spent. Uh Things like those, right? Yeah. So these collective intelligence about a geography, about a user segment, or about a, a particular language speaking users or a particular type of users, uh, helps lots of uh, intelligence companies, maybe say market intelligence companies, app intelligence companies, or ad intelligence companies, mm-hmm. uh, to grow their business. Uh, so on one side, while we are adding value to value in the life of user, on the other side, this intelligence that we are generating is helping businesses uh, uh, grow their revenue, uh, and we uh, we get a chunk of that uh, growth in revenue. For yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's an incredibly smart. Uh, way to do that, yeah, because so many, so many companies uh, go into business where they just collect data, and then, uh, yeah, right now it's a very controversial, let's say, uh, offering. But yes. you're working with, it, yeah, indeed. getting more and more controversial, they're right? Cautious about it. They're very cautious about it. We do not collect personally identifiable information like your name, or um, uh, we do not share your personally identifiable information, like email ID, phone number, etc. Uh, uh, but what we share is the collective level aggregate insights. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's an incredibly smart business model. You're not charging the people, you're adding value and you're not, I mean, there's very little concern about, let's say, privacy if you cannot really scrap, uh, you know, information about an individual user and share it out with third parties. That's fantastic. I'm really, really excited about this app and um, uh, about this keyboard and I'm going to use it. Um, what about social media in general? I mean, all these keyboards and uh, this is just a new way to communicate, right? And social media is also a huge way to communicate. Um, most of the apps that, 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 that are using your keyboard, I presume it's, uh, uh possible to launch it on WhatsApp, on Viber. Mm-hmm. On WeChat, are you available in WeChat as well? Yes, yes. It's, uh, once you enable Bobble Keyboard, it becomes a default keyboard on your phone, and you can use it uh, on any of the app. Oh, you see, so perfect. Um, it goes into any app. So, what right. do you think about social media in general? Um, right now, the whole landscape is changing so fast, and social media used to be the new internet, right? And right now, it's again mm-hmm. uh, the new generation of people are growing up that uh, that communicate differently, that are interested in different things. Um, what do you think about this new generation of people and this new world of social media and emojis and bubble keyboards? I think the nature of uh, uh, communication uh, is changing with generation. So if you look at, uh, say, 10 years uh, ago, uh, people used to communicate uh, via Facebook more publicly, right? If I share a status, it almost goes to every one of my friends. But then people realize that they need more privacy in their life, and yeah. therefore they started uh, uh, limiting the scope of those information, those communication to particular groups. Yeah. So there came the concept of groups and smaller communities. Uh, uh, then people realize that you know uh, it need not be geography-based groups or relationship-based groups. It could also be interest-based groups. So there came various interest-based niche groups and communities across different genres uh, like photography, uh, painting, uh, design, etc., etc. 
with time, the, with the new generation, uh, people realize the importance of, I mean, the conversation started moving from many to many to one to many to one to one now. Yeah. So more of now, a larger chunk of the conversation that happens on smartphone is one to one conversation. May it yeah. happen on Snapchat or on WhatsApp or WeChat, a larger chunk happens one to one. And then, uh, of course, the, the the concept of growth still uh, still survives uh, within uh, even these apps where the larger use case is one to one. So this is one side of the story wherein the nature of conversation had changed. Mm-hmm. Also, if you look at uh, the content of conversation, it has also changed drastically. Mm-hmm. The content that we use to uh, drive communication earlier has now changed, I mean, drastically. I mean, yeah. you yourself have just now pointed out that you use, in China, people use a lot of emojis uh, as, 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 as a, as a, uh, uh, as, as the a language, context. as the as language. language. <laughs> right, that's the, exactly as the replacement of text, I would say. Yeah. Uh, people use, in, in the Western world, people use pictures uh, for camera clicks as the as the new language, which which was uh, which was uh, invented and promoted by Snapchat for that for that matter. Uh, so mm-hmm. the content of conversation is also changing drastically. We need to keep innovating on that content. Uh, the direction that it is taking is towards becoming more expressive and personal. People yeah. want to express themselves. Uh, as close to real life as possible and as close to themselves as possible. I believe that yellow emojis that we see right now is just a force fed of the expression. Ideally, it should have been my own face in it, right? Because my smile and your smile is so different. But in WhatsApp, both of us smile on the same, smile (laughs) with the same yellow emojis, right? My hi and your hi is so different. But on WhatsApp, it's exactly the same, which is yeah. not true in, in real life, right? So the content of conversation is also changing towards becoming more expressive and personal. Yeah, yeah. This is and so interesting. Google has taken this direction to be to facilitate this change, uh, to, to be a part of this change and uh, let user, uh, I mean, uh, provide users what, what they need. Absolutely, absolutely. This is so interesting. I love how you put it, that people want to be, everything needs to be personalized. Yeah. Simply put, everybody wants their own face on the emoji waving their way. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what's missing right now from around the world. Um, do you think that Asia is a bit more narcissistic in that respect? I mean, will the rest of the world, the places like Europe or uh, Germany uh, in particular or France or let's say Latin America also hop on that train or is it something unique to Asia or heavily used in Asia in particular in the broader sense, including China, including India? I would agree to that point. But having said that, I think uh, it uh, usually starts from Asia. Uh, Japan, and then it floats towards uh, uh, other regions in the world. Eventually, everyone accepts it. This happened in the case of emojis. This happened in the case of stickers and gifs, and yeah. this will happen uh, in case of other expressive content which is awaited. So, uh, I think the birth of this content mostly happens from Asian regions, and then it floats towards the uh, Western part of the world. This is so interesting. Remember, uh, 15 years ago, nothing new was floating out of Asia, right? And right now, all those cool, expressive things and emojis, and then you said uh, GIFs, all of them are uh, basically floating out of Asia and becoming popular in the West. Uh, you feel that the trend will continue, and if so, what's next after the emojis? Are we going to be sending each other holograms? so uh i think it's also a reflection of the tradition and culture that uh, that we are a part of uh, being in asia 
इट इज लेसर एक्सप्रेसिव इन रियल लाइफ देन दस्टर्न वर्ल्ड वेरी पॉपुलर uh in fact also from the uh, business sense uh they are becoming uh, worth it uh businesses to invest in uh mm-hmm. i think with the with the advancement in technology infrastructure uh like ar vr and uh, uh, you know uh, yeah the new technologies that that are coming in i think uh, there will come entrepreneurs who will innovate uh, on the content front using this technology and creating new formats of content uh, which would be appreciated and accepted worldwide so there is no denial of the fact that uh, new formats won't come it will definitely come and what can you and imagine it's interesting formats can you imagine that new format what would that be i'm so excited i can imagine i yeah. can imagine the traits of it the characteristics of it that it will be more expressive than the current ones and more personal than the current ones but i can't uh, say for certainty what would be the exact shape and size of that uh, new format definitely i can imagine imagine ashley is going to send prasad a message and as you click open your phone lights up and the small tiny hologram of ashley is hopping on your phone and tells you the story this is from the movie <laughs> i mean seriously it's like a scene from the movie but i can totally see that coming in the coming couple of years because this is going to be so cool and then if you prasad like my message then you can swipe up and you can enlarge me and then i'm literally standing there uh in my real size and then we can basically you can listen the message and then you can call back i think that would be so 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 sick i mean so good so exciting <laughs> right, absolutely right, right. absolutely um if you had 1 billion us dollars and you could spend <laughs> it on any technology or any project of your liking to build something new something cool what would you invest this money in okay i think uh, i would uh, it's a pretty tough question by, by the way <laughs> i it's had never it's 1 billion dollars <laughs> imagine me having a billion dollar and then investing it <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe it's going to be i would rather like to travel the world and store it for myself <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> in any case okay so if i have to invest i would i would definitely like to invest it in cleaning up the mess that has already been created by technology uh on one side while it is adding value to our life on the other side it is making us lazy it is yeah. making us more uh, uh dumb and it is making us uh, uh more uh, uh, emotionless so yeah. i think we need to invest on on the other side of the technology uh, and thus uh, uh, letting the technology make us more uh active more smart and more emotionful rather than the opposite which is happening right now yeah it's so interesting you say that and what what do you think can untangle us from what what can save us from ourselves because i i i also see you know i i see your point totally um people becoming yeah you say lazy and they 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 fall into their comfort zones they they feel entitled not interested not curious um and emotionless very rational yeah yeah all that is coming so what could save humanity i think we need to uh, we need to invest on the soft skills more and the technologies which help us develop the soft skills uh the uh, actions that we are taking the thoughts that we are generating uh, the uh, um, outputs that we are uh, giving are all uh, a reflection of the uh, the soft skills the fundamental skills that we have learned uh, from the 
uh, environment right from the childhood. If there, if we invest on in technologies that help us develop those soft skills in the positive direction, the right direction, then I think the thoughts would be more positive, the actions would be more positive, and the outputs would be more positive. Yeah, well, that's that's absolutely. I mean, guys. Right now, you've got this business idea. It's not very solid, but there is a business idea worth $1 billion. Some of our listeners might want to go and execute and act on it. And uh, if so, you must do it together with Prasad because uh, he put it <laughs> forward. Yeah. Um, now, uh, let's talk about input methods, typing, voice, camera, gestures. What's your favorite type input method when you are communicating with people? Okay. Uh, my favorite input method is camera. Um, mm. But the most convenient input method uh, that I use most of the time is voice. Okay. Although camera is most expressive, but the voice is more convenient because I can use voice while I'm, say, driving or, say, uh, using my laptop with two hands. So I don't need to really uh, use my hands to to be able to communicate using right. voices input, and right. therefore that's my that's the one that I use most of the time. Right. So right now, all the content or a lot of content on social media is turning uh, quite visual. It's all about the videos, about the live streams, about the short videos, etc. Um, and at the same time, in the West, um, outside of Asia, we have a lot of podcasts. Somehow in Asia, podcasts have not really caught up uh, to the point that they are, say, in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, audio-only audio uh, content is not as hot. Um, what do you think about these two? Uh, what are your thoughts on the future of video content being put out on the web and the voice content that is being shared? I think uh, I, I would slightly disagree with that point of view that voice content has not caught up in Asia because um, if you look at the music industry, it is thriving. Yeah. Uh, the songs, we, we listen to the songs all the time. I mean, uh, I can see on this street when people are walking or traveling via subways or trains, uh, they always have a headphone on their on their uh, ears, earphones uh, always always can be seen uh, put on by everyone walking on the street. Right. So I don't think that voice content has not picked up. Maybe it there there are certain genres that uh, got picked up more than the other genres. Right. 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 Probably the entertainment uh, part of the voice. Uh, has been picked up more than the serious part of the voice. Uh, that's my point of view again. Uh, yeah, I, but but yeah, I yeah. seriously don't think that uh, voice content has not picked up in Asia. It is. Uh, I can see everywhere around me, everyone holding, uh, everyone having the earphone and the headphone on their desk. Perfect. So is the future video or audio? Uh, that's a, that's a, uh, I think that's oh, an both. unfair question. Both? I think, yeah, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, now, talking about doing business in India, um, do you see, I mean, when you started your first business, uh, it was almost 10 years ago, right? Uh, you were 16, right now you're right. 26, right? 27, yeah. 27. Most, yeah. Yes, uh, you just celebrated your birthday a couple of months ago, right? Um <laughs> So when you started your business 10 years ago, um, was it different from now? How has startup ecosystem in India changed in the past 10 years? Is it more startups friendly? Is it more technology friendly? Uh, do you see more and more people going into business? It has definitely changed a lot, uh, a lot. So when, when I started, uh, I don't think I, I even knew the word startup. It was <laughs> it was a business for me. The 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 right word at that time was business. Right. Uh, I heard about the startup probably uh, uh, when 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 then we heard about companies like Flipkart and Snapdeal and uh, Paytm recently. Uh, mm -hmm. So all of the, 
mostly it's flipkart it's 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 the flipkart in india which which made these this word this industry popular yeah uh, fortunately flipkart founders happened to be seniors from my own college and therefore i got exposed to the startup world uh, earlier in my journey and yeah. also fortunately that the two co-founders of flipkart are invested in our company therefore i got a chance to interact with them and understand and understand the the startup uh, culture startup as an industry startup as a as a mission so um uh, i have seen uh, the startup industry in india growing mm-hmm. from zero to now um, billions of dollars uh, in, wow. uh, in 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 worth recent exit of flipkart to walmart was worth it what uh, 20 billion dollars which is yeah. huge yeah. uh and and i think flipkart is that company i would i would give all the credits of indian startup ecosystem to, to flipkart yeah, yeah. Uh, uh they were almost i think the first ones to start uh and achieve success Uh, and this is yes, the, the, so the yeah. mm-hmm. the nature of businesses has changed drastically uh, when when we when we understood the concept of starting up mm-hmm. uh, starting up is is not really starting a business but starting a mission uh, with a vision to change the world in mm. in, in in your own capacity mm-hmm. uh, and do things uh, look at things in a different manner uh, the way it has never been looked before um, yeah. execute faster than uh, any other person or uh, company in the world and uh, uh, execute it in 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 a very different and uh, unique way so i think people with the popularity of uh, uh, startup as a concept people understood and change their mindset yeah it took us couple of years to change the mindset from traditional business to new age startups but it happened during those 2000 i would say 2009 to 2013 uh, would be the period wherein uh, 2008 to 2013 so five years period wherein people became uh, uh aware of the startup concept uh, the terminologies the the culture uh, uh the way of uh, approach etc etc from 2013 to 2016 we saw peak in the indian startup ecosystem oh yeah fortunately in 2014 when narendra modi became the prime minister he was able to pull in a uh, lot of investment from china japan us uk etc lots of other countries israel uh, and uh, and when these investments came in it promoted more startups more ideas uh, more entrepreneurs to to emerge from indian startup uh, ecosystem uh so we saw a peak in the startup uh, ecosystem in india from 2013 to 2016 but mm-hmm. whenever there is a peak there is always the risk of downfall which happened from 2016 to 2018 was the period of ras- i won't say downfall but the period of rationalization ooh during those last 3 years uh people invested uh uh in so many ideas and so many entrepreneurs uh on and people tried out so many different things experimented and failed uh, that uh, it was a, i would say it was the period of learning for us yeah uh, it was a period of uh, uh, multiple failures and then uh, and then uh, resurrection for us <laughs> and and uh, in the last two years it was the period of rationalization and consolidation and exits for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so now the market has become much more stable much more mature uh, the mm-hmm. ecosystem has inspirations to look for the ecosystem has mentors to seek help from uh, 
the ecosystem has uh, support from other verticals like media uh, government uh, um, you know financial partners um, logistic partners etc so now uh, different stakeholders in the in the country uh, uh, is supporting startup ecosystem uh, in in a way which is which is probably the best so far definitely and that's so uh, interesting that you said startup is not a business and when you started your first company you thought it would be a business and later on you went elaborating on what is startup to you they said that this is the mission you know to change the world somebody who is willing to look at uh, things in a different way um i'm i just now googled the definition of startup here in uh, mm-hmm. you know in the open okay. sources and they say <laughs> okay. uh, and they say startup is a newly established business usually under five years old so that that's so exciting how you know how people have different definitions of it in your view um the difference between business and startup is really in this mission right right yeah i, yeah, I yeah. don't believe that every business is a startup i mean it is in literal sense uh, <laughs> right. but it is a start but uh, <laughs> uh, you know uh, from the uh, um i don't know socially accepted sense uh, or norms Uh, i don't think every business is startup even in india uh, there, there's a there's a government government policy called startup india stand up india in which they are identifying businesses which can be recognized as a startup yay right? so there there is a, there is now they have now institutionalized this this definition of startup by establishing a government body which is identifying business which is worth giving the recognition of a startup so which clearly differentiates them from traditional businesses this is awesome this is awesome and this is so important for many of us to realize uh yeah that startup is you know when i was uh, when i was starting out in business it was exactly the same thing right i i started a business what right now a lot of people call side hustle when you you know when you have a full time job and then you do something on the side i called it consulting because there was no such thing there was no such thing as side hustle and it wasn't really to me didn't feel like a business so i just called it consulting you know um and later on i realized okay that was side hustle and once the side hustle grew it became a startup and at, at the very at the very beginning here in hong kong where i'm based you know startup used to be as bad as a swear word the moment you would say you are a startup founder people look at you as if you're going to ask for money or you want some freebies basically you are poor you are young so that's why you would actually try to hide that you're a startup you know you're like i own that a business the case in india as well i would say that 2008 to 2013 period was the period <laughs> when people were people were getting uh, just started beginning to be used to the concept of startup uh, and uh, in the beginning yes it was all exactly the same it, it were people Uh, entrepreneurs used to hesitate to say that they 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 have a startup because they knew that they, it wouldn't be taken in a in a good way See, in society yeah. friends, amongst friends amongst family members etc so they just used to say that we are doing a business yes 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 and how long can you be called a startup is there a time limit to you being a startup or is it more like a mission you could be start out the startup even 20 years down the road yes indeed so as long as you are able to keep the philosophies and characteristics of startup intact within your business it remains a startup for example flipkart even today after becoming a 20 billion dollar company they still today say they are a startup right amazon yeah. says they they are a startup because their their culture their um, uh, their way of operations their mission their uh, 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 you know the way they approach things their innovations is exactly like a startup yeah yeah it's just a it's just a startup operating at a larger scale yeah yeah no that's 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 a good one um let's talk for a second about data and uh humans and business models right now so many companies out there are absolutely obsessed with data because we need to feed our future ai machines right 
Um, so what is the what is the right way to use this data in your view? You already said that technology can be dangerous, and you know, and and uh, we need to be conscious about it, not to become machines, and not to become lazy, and not to get abused, and not to abuse others. So how to build that balance? Right. So this is this is one question that uh, that everyone is struggling with. In the world, even the best of the leaders and thought leaders and uh, executioners, everyone is uh, uh, struggling with this big question of how do we create a balance between uh, technology and life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at, but fortunately, people are now conscious about it. And when humans become conscious about something, it is typically achieved. So oh. I am very hopeful that since the community, the uh, the uh, at least the the uh, community which is which has uh, larger control uh, in the society uh, are becoming aware of this issue and are conscious about it and are willing to solve it. If you look at the most recent Google I/O uh, and Uh, you will find that there are so many things uh, uh, that they they have. There are so many places they have mentioned about this particular issue, and there are yeah. so many features they have built. There are so many technologies they have they have created. Uh, there are so many changes that they brought in their existing product to be able to uh, uh, take a positive step towards solving this issue. Mm-hmm. One of the recent, one of the most recent uh, feature from Google I/O, I would like to quote, and 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 I think this mm-hmm. would be a perfect example to demonstrate how a company can uh, take this uh, issue and use data, uh, use the most modern technologies like AI, uh, and uh, build products and features which. Which do not make a human being uh, emotionless, lazy, and dumb. Instead, <laughs> create a create exactly the opposite uh, impact. Yeah. So this feature that Google has developed uh, is called um, Android Dashboard. Uh huh. So from Android P, which is their latest Android version, uh, they have come up with this thing called Android Dashboard. Inside mm-hmm. your phone, you'll be able to view uh, on real time, you know, how many notifications you have received in last 24 hours, how many, how much time did you spend on which apps in last 24 hours, how much, uh, um, uh, you know, you know, your entire uh, phone usage will be in front of you, and that's yeah. just the beginning. So. Making users aware of a problem is just the beginning, and then they are facilitating or empowering the users by giving them more control on their usage patterns. So I can say, for example, that uh, to YouTube that lock my YouTube if I have watched it for more than an hour. So yeah. every time I cross 60 minutes uh, inside YouTube, it will get locked. Yeah. Now, This is a tool, a very simple idea, a very simple tool to empower the user to be to let them control their own usage. So I think yes, the first thing that Android took uh, very seriously was making people aware of the problem. When I see in front of me that I have spent six hours of my day on on the phone, it will make me conscious. Right. It will scare the shit out of me. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. My day, uh, if I, if I spend one fourth of my day sleeping and one fourth of my phone on <laughs> uh, one fourth of my day on phone, then I'm left with twelve hours in a day, and that's scary, right? Yeah. So first thing first, people need to be made aware of this. Android has taken a step. Every one of the technology companies who have achieved a scale should take this step. To make people aware of what they are doing and facilitate, empower them to to be to to control their usage. 
Absolutely. And what do you think about the blockchain technology? That's that's the huge slogan of the whole blockchain technology, you know, power to the users, decentralize, <laughs> let people let people store their own data. They let them be in control. So what do you think about blockchain technology? Um it's it's its problems and its future as by uh, as to you, Prakash. What, what what's it going to be Prasad? What's it going to be about? I think it's super cool. Uh, this is one of the uh, good things happened to humanity in recent last few years. Okay. <laughs> blockchain. Yes, blockchain is certainly a super cool technology. Decent, uh, although all the all the adjectives that you used to describe blockchain is certainly true. It is a decentralized system giving more power to the user and uh, uh, and. Uh, um, Uh, making systems more efficient uh, uh, and i think uh, what so is, is required this a solution now, is it a solution already do we have it within our reach or not yet i think it's the it's the basic technology basic infrastructure to be to uh, arrive at a solution it is not mm. the end it is just a beginning right so blockchain uh, will enable few entrepreneurs to think and uh, implement it in specific use cases where it is required the most and reap the benefits out of that technology so that technology is not the end that technology is the beginning of what is uh, coming right? oh, so Uh, the, I mean, uh, we have already seen a couple of very good uh, applications of blockchain, and uh, we are hopeful that uh, we'll see many more. Uh, uh, you know, what is your favorite uh, application so far? What's your favorite application? I think it's the currency. <laughs> I ah. think uh, the most powerful, the most interesting application of blockchain is the cryptocurrency. Uh, It's very But, controversial in China. I mean, all these companies going, you know, ICO and all this, all this uh, uh, not very legit stuff going on. Like seventy percent of those companies operating out of, I do not know, living room. Uh, people who do not have a business model behind it. But you're still excited about cryptocurrencies. I would like to know why and uh, how. How does that translate in your world? I think um, I'm excited about cryptocurrency because. It is one thing uh, that can actually bring the whole world together, mm -hmm. irrespective of the boundaries of countries, language, traditions, culture, limitations, other limitations. It is one thing that can bring everyone together. Certainly, this is a big challenge. This is something which is not easy to you know uh, execute or uh, easy to get accepted in the world because of course trying to bring everyone together means that you are uh, defying the existing laws in uh, control systems and hierarchies and therefore there will be huge frictions which is coming right. lots of governments are banning cryptocurrencies because it's 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 a transfer of power it's a transfer of it's it's a dilution of hierarchies Uh, right, and therefore there will be frictions. Irrespective of such frictions, if something can survive for so long and still grow, then this is something which is. I mean, for me, it's very interesting, uh, and I, I would, I would hope for its better future. <laughs> that's very. That's a very good point. Uh, are you investing in cryptocurrency yourself? I did. I did. Uh, right now, I don't get much time, and also there is not much action <laughs> going on there. So, uh, uh, in the last few months, I have I have uh, halted uh, the investments. But uh, I used to do a lot of them last year. But you know, just probably eight to ten months ago. Very good. All all of our listeners must uh, take a note of that. Uh, you know, cryptocurrencies are not only scam. Uh, just choose the right one and go invest in it, right? Perfect. Uh, I've got a couple of fun questions that I'm really dying to know. For instance, um, which technology are you most excited about right now? Something AI. that's already there. AI. Uh, why? Yeah. 
simply because uh, it's the uh, it, it, i mean it, it's like uh, it's like a science fiction <laughs> yeah. that that humans are creating something um, uh, which 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 is which is uh, probably expected to uh, overpower humans <laughs> Right. So, I mean, it's, it's exactly like a science fiction. I'm, I'm excited about it. I don't know the uh, um, uh, the outcome, how, how, how it will come, when it will come, uh, in what capacity it will come. But, uh, but uh, I'm very excited about it. And right. I would like to contribute to the developments in AI. Right now, the, the current state of art is just machine learning, uh, uh, slightly beyond it, probably deep learning. Uh, but AI is something we are not even, we have not even achieved 10% of it, I guess. There is, there is a lot needs to be done. Okay, and how do you want to contribute to it? We are already uh, doing uh, uh, lots of machine learning and uh, uh, deep learning inside our own product. Uh, for example, uh, when you type, as I mentioned, we are able to predict which emojis you're going to use next, which words you're going to use next, uh -huh. uh, which uh, uh, kind of content you would prefer to read next or watch next. This is also something we are coming up with very soon. Um, all those uh, things, I mean, uh, letting and also replicating the technology in multiple languages, um, uh, which, um, at least for Indian languages, it, it some of the Indian languages it was never done before. We, we took yeah. it, we this as a challenge and we did it for the first time. Uh, uh, yeah, so I think input mechan being an input method allows us to be at the forefront of gathering uh, raw data, right? And therefore, I mean, we are placed at right between. Uh, the interface you're feeding of human the AI. You're feeding it. You 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 are the food for AI, right? The the way right. it works, the way it goes. That's 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 uh, exciting. Um, another question is, what is your favorite movie or favorite book um, about the future or about technology or not about the future? Generally, what is the movie that really excites you? Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I think all those sci-fi movies that we uh, watch, like Star Wars, uh, or anything of that genre, excites me. I mean, this is something which also inspires us. In fact, uh, I I really like the fact that uh, uh, consciously or subconsciously we are moving towards becoming those movies in real. Uh, yeah. Probably we, we were fortunate to have creative people, artists in our community who were able to think beyond the current uh, limitations and they were able to project the future. Uh, this came as an inspiration to the technologists uh, and engineers like us who are able to, uh, who are trying to uh, make those projected future dreams reality. Into reality. Mm. Yeah. How about that movie, um, what's it called, that just came out recently, Ready Player One. Have you seen that one? Which one, sorry? Uh, it's called Ready Player One. It's the movie about uh, all of the humanity being uploaded uh, into the, I would say, game and uh, humans mm -hmm. surviving in the virtual world. Uh, I, I will you definitely watch it. I just you Google must it. watch it. I will definitely watch it <laughs> because that is really spooky. I mean, that's one version of the future that can be. Uh, I mean, somebody's excited about somebody's really freaking out. Um, <laughs> and the last uh, question: uh, Who within your community or family or even a famous person out there inspires you and gives you that? you know, that, that additional spark or passion or strength to go forward and keep changing the world for better? I think I would uh, put my uh, uh, my own father, for that matter, in that place. Yeah. Uh, I have taken a lot of inspiration from his own journey. Uh, I think uh, uh, the reason why I uh, am able to 
keep myself grounded and think uh, for not just for the profits but also for the impact for the social benefit is because uh, the uh, uh, upbringing and also because uh, of looking at uh, him uh, since childhood uh, the, all the decision making uh, frameworks that that i have I have created for myself has a lot of influence uh of the upbringing and the and 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 how, the way i had looked at him uh, taking decisions uh, for himself so i think i'll put him on that position that's so 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 beautiful so family support is extremely important and finally we came to the end of it now this is your time prasad to plug your business we've got audience from all across asia pacific and from across the world uh what would you like to share with them about uh you know your business about how they can get involved and uh you know get on bubble keyboard or invest into bubble keyboard what is that one thing that you would like to share with them sure so uh uh people who are listening uh, should definitely you should definitely go to play store app store search for bobble b o w b l e you will find bobble keyboard just download it install it make it your default keyboard try it out we have got uh hundreds of features various cool features uh will make you uh look like an avatar will make you look uh, like a cartoon uh will create <laughs> will create uh hundreds of expressions from your one single selfie will make you will make you smile in 10 different ways will make you have uh conversations uh with your friends and families uh will make you make those conversation more expressive engaging rich fun uh, do try it out uh and certainly bubble keyboard will help you uh, improve your conversation speed and uh, conversation uh, clarity so <laughs> check it out you've been listening to asia tech podcast find out more at atp.show